1: Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard after another big midweek in the Premiership. Celtic were rampant and magnificent in a 4-0 win at St Mirren. According to Neil Lennon, Tommy Wright's Comarnock career got off to a losing start at home to Motherwell. And Scottish football clubs have been urged to apologise to survivors of historic child sex abuse. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me this evening is Gordon Diel and Mark Wilson. Well, after weeks and months of some hard
2: watching for Neil Lennon it can be probably pleased within the last week two 4-0 victories and a home victory against Motherwell sandwiched in between Celtic look much more like themselves and what a result for Motherwell just shows you what a change a manager can do at the right time Graeme Alexander got them playing well got them Two points just behind St Johnson, who everyone's raving about of recent times, and three points behind Dundee United and more importantly, opened up a five point gap between them and Ross County at the bottom.
3: Yeah, it wasn't a per- it wasn't a perfect start for Tommy Wright, new manager at Comarnock. Mother Willismar said there are really important three points. Celtic Um, you know, back to some of their best football last night. Three goals in about three minutes, Gordon. Uh, comfortable winners against the St. Mirren team it went to Celtic Park not that long ago in 1 2 1. So, uh, good things for Neil Lennon so far and looking forward to the
1: weekend 01419511025 that is the number you need come on here, have your say and debate whatever you want with the guys a couple of games last night so that would be the obvious place to start Celtic fans, what did you make of it? how pleased were you with the performance? is there still that frustration that it might be too little, too late? who's standing out for you? Um, I'm sure there were a few incidents within that game that we can discuss as well because there always are uh, at the moment Kelly fans what about you um, lots to get through between now and 8 o'clock some big stories um, away from the football pitch today in Scottish football as well so we will look at them later on 0141 951 1025 now see the thing is right when you tour are in there's always an air of chaos um, like like no other night during the week. And usually I like to at least start off on like a semi-serious note and then if you misbehave and it descends into chaos later on fine these things happen but I can't ignore the fact we're obviously as I've been telling you in recent weeks We're all spread out in different studios Trying to keep ourselves safe Uh, Gordon DL Just before I put his mic on at the start of the show Actually wasn't there And he's come rushing in And he's he's, he's pale white And he's panicking because you've lost your phone have you yeah. found it? Honestly, I mean, look, no, at, look at the state that. of him through that he's act, he's visibly shaking, sweating. He's going. to He's accusing me of. He's taking it. You swear he asked on your me. Kids he life. asked me sw- to swear on my seven-week-old child's life. That I don't have his phone. I don't have your what's, phone. What's in that phone? That's so obviously porn. something. Yeah. That, to be honest there to be fair to him, pho- that, uh, there's nothing worse than losing your phone yeah I know but there are a few phone numbers you would imagine that between now and 8 o'clock he can go without it and he's got he's got something no. else to focus on he's got a job to do no because quite often when we are making points
3: he's he's regularly on his phone so you see you, that you don't have it now no, no. I, d- I don't either honestly I I be, I somebody, somebody's taken my phone <laughs> they haven't. I will get them
2: <laughs> I William Neeson in there. I'll track them down. <laughs> it's <got> very particular
3: <laughs> <setup> skills. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my sticker uh, book and now my phone's disappeared. <laughs> when I came in, he's sitting in his sticker book. Nah, it's Honestly, like now. a ten-year-old
2: kid, and he's obviously misplaced his phone because that was so important. The sticker book.
3: Anyway,
1: anyway, my, my, right. my, uh, listen, the listening audience will be so worried about it So I'll keep them up to date uh, now. <laughs> There'll uh, be a few now, worried about it <laughs> they, <be> <laughs> they won't be
3: getting a phone
1: call right, 01419511025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's talk football Let's see what happened on the pitch last night Neil Lennon's heaping praise on his Celtic players After their uh, Mini winning run Continued at St Mirren They won 4-0 last night
4: And the manager is confident They are heading in the right direction We were Brilliant you know, I wasn't over enamoured with the first half Thought we'd give the ball away a lot Under no real pressure um, So we had a work at half time And then second half It was just brilliant Just really enjoyed it, it Magnificent Looked for. Looked like a slot this time last year Rampant Full of running Full of goals full of quality so yeah difficult place to come uh, against the well organised side and we have really done a number tonight we've really taken them apart right what did you make of
1: it 01419511025 some high praise in there for sure um, from Neil Lennon Mark Wilson what was your take on it
2: Um, well Neil's been like that over the past 10 day period after after he had to go at his players at some and rightly so and you know he got a reaction from them and he's got performances and he started to build them back up and praise them he said they were outstanding at the weekend uh, he said they took them apart um, my take on it probably similar to Neil's in the way that the first half I thought both teams were very ordinary. In fact, I thought it was a pretty drab game, pretty poor game. But I did think, in fairness to the players, the pitch had a part to play in that. Um, the groundsman did terrific to get it on, but it looked slippy, the ball was sliding all over the place, people were losing their footing. And the one piece of quality was the difference between the sides, Tom Rogic's goal. Second half, I thought they showed flashes again. And uh, uh, what they're like when they're in uh, full speed, you know, foot to the four, And Edward looked much more like himself Um, and once they obviously get the second goal then they cruised and they were much better but it's exactly what Neil Lennon wanted after that first Mm. and Mirren game at Celtic Park a reaction like these three games have shown wins but two of them
1: very very convincing wins and that's all he needs in a minute to keep doing that I mean I'm very keen to hear from the Celtic fans and what they think Gordon so they'll hopefully give us a call right now I'd imagine there's going to be that sort of split between people who say, well, you know what, we are where we are and that was a much better performance and I'm pleased with it and there will be others who can't shake the frustration of, well, you know, that second half performance, where has that been?
3: Um, yeah, I think that's uh, everyone's question. Uh, Neil Lennon, even the managers come out and said, look, I've been waiting a long time for this sort of performance, especially second half. I thought Celtic played very well last night in, in Spellsgordon. I thought they moved the ball around very quickly. It was always going to be difficult because St Mirren made it hard for them. Um, but Mark's right, once they get the second goal, then they just sort of are uh, up to gears and three goals in three, just over three minutes. Uh, I thought Christie's goal was absolutely brilliant top drawer. Um yeah, I thought there's a lot of good a lot of good encouragement there for Neil Lennon to take out the game. Um but they've got to keep that up. They've got to keep that consistency going. Okay,
1: what did you make of it though on the phone? 01419511025 Martin is going to kick us off tonight Martin in Kenning Park. Uh, what did you make of it Martin? Happy
5: Yeah, um, I'm pretty happy with the performance It's nice to actually watch a Celtic game Where we get some kind of reaction Um, Obviously it was a game of two halves And given the fact that there was only one shot on target in the first half And it was a bit of magic from the Wizard of Oz himself um, so yeah, um, I was I was really pleased at the end of it But again, I'm, a, I'm more in the frustrated camp That it's
1: yeah. taken this long to get that kind of performance Well I suppose the first goal, Mike is the first goal sum that up actually, Martin? Because that is vintage Tom Rogic How many times does he do that? The way he can take the ball on the half turn And get accurate shots off at goal Everybody knows he's capable D- Does the frustration come about well, We've just not seen that a lot this season? Yeah,
5: and it's also nice to see him on the park beyond the 60-minute mark.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, So that's also a good thing. Yeah, I mean, Mark, I, I think those are f- fairly obvious points, you know, I don't think um, I I wasn't pretending to have uncovered anything really uh, original there because if you are a Celtic fan you're watching Tom Rogic and going oh that's brilliant and yes we've seen you do it before but it's maybe been quite a while since we saw you do it well
2: the problem with Celtic this season is they've they've had a number of serial underperformers running throughout the team and the bigger player you get the more it's noticed and Tom Rogic is certainly probably at the top of that list where he's underperformed now he was on his way out
1: apparently that's what I was going to
2: say maybe you could put it paid to that that he was on his way out he maybe had his mind elsewhere he now knows he's staying and he's starting to slowly get his act together but I mean midway through a season that's that's difficult to to then just Flip into action like you used to play a year and a half ago. Very difficult, but you're starting to see glimpses now. Tom Rogic playing a slightly different position, um, which sometimes suits him when he comes in on that left foot. It was a terrific goal. Um, I just wonder about his future at Celtic and and if he's got a future beyond this summer. If there is a new coaching team or if Neil Lennon stays, which Neil Lennon saying he is going to stay. Will Tom Rogic be there in the rebuild of Celtic, or will they go elsewhere? Because the emergence of Turnbull, and Christie's still there in that number 10 position, you're not going to go a full season again. I don't think we're playing Tom Rogic the right of a diamond. I don't think that's Celtic's way of playing, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it will be in the future. So it's an interesting few months for Tom Rogic coming up, but no doubt he's been a terrific servant, and he's shown over the years he can score Goals like he did last night to
1: kickstart things. Martin, is there a feeling that Celtic have now found a bit of a bit of form, and that's something that can be built on, or, or are you still overtaken by by the frustrations of it being kind of too little, too late?
5: I mean, I I, I think it is in all honesty, from a realist, I think it is too little, too late. Well, it's still mathematically possible, um, but. The, the kind of inconsistency of form. We saw a, a run-up to the the game at New Year against Rangers, and all of a sudden, after that, we've had the whole... I don't want to go back to it, but, you know, the whole um, Dubai debacle, and then, obviously, the bad results after that. So we can't guarantee on a consistent run of results. We just need to take it one game at a time and see what happens. Um, but it seems to me as if, potentially, players like you're talking about, Tom Rogic, in his future, is he now playing this way to then try and get a move away from Celtic in the summer because obviously there seems to have been something that's obviously g'd them up last night to get that second half performance. Is it a case of they're trying to um, basically work a move away in the summer or perform to their best so that they can get a better
3: offer in the summer for somewhere else. Well, well, I, I think playing well from now to the summer certainly helps you as an individual and as a player that if you're looking that way to get away to another club, get a bit of attention from other clubs, then you've got to help your game. I thought Tom Rogic's last night in Spells was absolutely brilliant because he is a fantastic football player. Um, but it'll benefit Celtic as well because Neil Lennon just now is a manager who's desperately trying to hold on to his job at the end of the season. He'd be quite happy with the fact that, you know, if Tom Loggage wants away at the summer, I would rather him playing well from now and the summer and benefiting Celtic and Neil Lennon. Same way any other player there. If you're going to, it's okay saying players want away. You've got to up your game. You've got to start performing. You've got to, cause if a club's looking to bring you in, they'll be watching you week in, week out, see how you're performing, see how your, how your form is. So it's up to these players if they want away. And I'm saying if, then they've got to produce the goods, and that's only benefit Celtic. Uh, Martin,
1: I think that's the first time we've had the pleasure of your company. Will you do it again sometime?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I
5: do have a quick second point. Oh, go on then, make okay. it quick. Go on. Um, Just uh, the reason I phoned up yesterday was the first time I phoned and I never got on the show. And it was simply to respond to one of the the Rangers fans that was saying the Rangers were the most hard done by um, by the compliance officer. Mm -hmm. Now, if you actually look at the stats from this season, Rangers haven't had a red card, one red card in any game in 90 minutes throughout the season. And they haven't had one single penalty against them in the league this season. So to say they're the most hard done by team is actually, obviously by the compliance officer statistically, they've had a 100% record this season. But, in terms of saying they're the most hard done by team, I think he needs to take a look at the stats of the team overall, before obviously making those Mm -hmm. comments.
1: Well, funnily enough, there were a few meaty tackles, can we call them that? I don't know what you would... We'll we'll decide what we'll call them in the very uh, near future, because we are going to look at some of the other talking points from last night, no doubt about that. Thanks Martin, we'll speak to you again soon hopefully. Um, Just before we Parked the football side of it. Tom Rogic First league goal of the season uh, Lennon is delighted The player's getting back To his best I
4: thought he was magnificent You know We've missed him He's fit and healthy now And uh, Brilliant footballer He's looked really sharp In training the last few weeks And then I thought he played really well At the weekend And he's carried that on tonight. Delighted for him to get the goal a great finish And then Just his, his All round play In general Was magnificent And Look, they're looking far more like themselves tonight. You know, Brown, Roderick, Christie when he came on, Edward. Yeah, they played very, very well and looks really good at the back as well.
1: Paul is a Celtic fan on the line. How do you feel after watching a performance like that last night, Paul?
6: Hey, hi, Gordon. Uh, hi, Gordon. Hi, Matt. Hey, after last night, I, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was a a standard performance at Celtic to churning out week in, week out. It just shows you that if they'd got their act together early on in the season they would never have made more of a fight yet uh, I don't think anybody was particularly outstanding to be honest, I thought that that's the standard they should be playing at if anything that I thought that uh, you can start to see the defence is starting to take shape now where we, we went out and brought in Buffie, uh, Duffy but with young Welsh uh, at the back and in, in Ayer uh I think it's starting to look a bit more settled. But I think it was a standard Celtic performance. Uh, I do think that there's guys now that realise that this is a bit They need to line it until the summer. Like uh, Tom Rogic, I wouldn't uh, let him near the park, to be honest. He's been a myth since... Basically, since he, the World Cup, since he went to that World Cup, he's never really performed. Uh, but I think the players need to look at themselves a bit because... Obviously I think some of them are starting to realise if I want to move away here I need to start put down a bit more and Edward, I mean his, his goal scoring is still good but Edward could still do a bit more he
2: could still put more of a shift in I think Well I believe he he could put more of a shift in off the ball and Neil and obviously thinks that as well but you can't argue he's returning the, in the goals department this season um, look I do agree with you Paul about the players and how I think a lot of them started believing the hype about them and potentially reading things in the newspaper linking them with big moves away and thought, well, you know, I'll I'll be out of here in January. And when you look at the period stretching from probably October to February, I mean, it coincides with the transfer window coming up, but it, it didn't quite work out for some players. And... You're, you're maybe right, they're maybe starting to think well, I'm here, I need to make the most of it, and guys like Ayer and, and Edward, and you can see it, it looks like a, they look like different players just now in these past three games, they look like different players um, and if you're a Celtic mm. fan, you're baffled at why the performance levels can go from so low to so mm. high Paul, in the
1: space of a couple yeah, of Sorry weeks. Paul, I think you said that, that's a Something like a standard Celtic performance So do you mean when When Neil Lennon uses words like Rampant and magnificent You think that that is, is that over the top then? Is that just in comparison to what's gone before? You think that's the type of thing Celtic should be doing all the time?
6: Yeah, I think Neil Lennon knows what he's doing I think he's tiny. He's trying to make the situation As well as he possibly can I mean It's been like a, a boxing match one, one day he's sitting them down one day he's building them up so I think he'll need to come here. he'll need to decide what he's doing is he going to he needs to realise that they'll be there until the end of the season so it's it's on him I mean I still want Neil Lennon to go but it's all about the now making the best that you can eh, in the hope for changes at the club but I think maybe Neil Lennon's now set, I think Neil Lennon will be there at the end of the season I that I don't want him end of to be there the season but so they need to make the best of it For everybody So they need to get on <laughs> They need to do their best yeah. And then hopefully the, the best will come out of it.
3: What else stood out for you last night Gordon? Um, I, I, I thought Tom Roggage and Spells was, was a different class I'm not the the greatest fan. Uh, I think he's a decent player. I don't know if he's the one to take Celtic forward in the left-back position. Taylor thought Taylor had a very positive game last night. I really did. Uh, Ayer looks like he's back to his best. I agree with with Paul there. I think that, that all the blame doesn't here lie at Neil Lennon's door. I think, obviously, as a manager, it takes the biggest responsibility. But some of the players, if you look at them individually, look at Christie's goal last night, what he's capable of. Absolutely terrific. You know, Edwards has got so much in his locker as well. Um, you know, there's players there that have really underachieved this season. And yes, it's frustrating for the Celtic fans because you probably will notice now, from now to the summer, the ones that want away will start to help their game. Where was that months ago for them? Thanks, Paul. 0141
1: 951 1025, as is the case in every game in Scottish football at the moment. There were a few contentious moments, a few big decisions that have got everyone going on social media since the game finished last night. If you've got thoughts on them, now's the time to get them in. We'll take a look at them next.
0: You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard
1: Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are here Give us a call Let us know what's on your mind 01419511025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB. I feel like I can't go on with the show though, Until I find out if you've found your phone I mean I'm getting so many messages Tweets, texts, whatsapps, emails every- people,
3: people are really worried about you pa- Panic over Gordon um, I ran out there Well I limped out there it was down the side of the car. Yeah, funny, that. I know, and it says no SIM card, so I don't know what's going on, but I think I've sorted it. And the amount of people that have mm. texted me since, so we've got a big following on this show. People yeah, are listening.
1: Roger Hanna said he found a phone and he assumed it was yours because he went through the phone, but got to Y and it said Yaya, got to P and it said Pep, yeah, and he yeah. thought that it, that it yeah, must be Yeah, they're all there.
3: They're all there in the SIM card. I think people
1: are looking at that. Do, do you know how I knew that he had it at some point? Only after when I brought it up did I remember yeah. that i I've seen the phone today, I knew he had it, and um, which made me feel a little bit better because he has only just upgraded his phone you know a few iPhones ago they changed the dock for the, the headphones yeah. from the wee round one to the sort of narrower one, that's yeah. not a very like, I know accurate what explanation, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean, they updated the bit where you put your headphones in, um, and he's only just upgraded to a phone that has changed the, the <laughs> headphones that you need <laughs> so being as tight as he is, no chance would he go and buy them, he said to me, have you got a spare set, oh, you, got, you got spare ones I could use classic so today I thought right, fine, whatever, I'll give him, give him my old headphones, and I gave him, and he went, oh this is great I'm going to test it out for when I'm out on my walk so I thought I'd have a wee peek and see what was his go-to song yeah. uh, to listen to to test it and I thought it'll be something way back he's, he's a man of a certain vintage it was Rita Ora <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, she's good just how do lot, you know Rita Ora? I looked over and he was sitting I listening to my gym f- list. full blast Rita
2: Ora I would never have I expected know. that Rita oh, <laughs> give us a f- that Rita Ora song name one
1: I don't know that what? is what you were listening to though,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. it was
3: just the 40. I liked the forty. Oh, <laughs> That's, <laughs> nice. That's plenty. Yeah, right.
1: Okay, you've spoiled it again. Mike off. O one four one nine five one one oh two five. We spoke about Celtic's four nil win at St Mirren last night. We have well we've always got talking points from games, controversies and it let's be honest, it's it's been cranked up recently. we're clearly focusing on everything even more because there's a, a real discussion around Refereeing decisions, retrospective punishment Consistency, all these sort of buzzwords If you like So if I've missed any, feel free to phone me Because I can't remember them all um, But let, let's do a couple that have jumped out quickly Can a yes or no, or, or short answers Then we'll elaborate with the caller uh, Celtic's penalty Was it a penalty? Yes
2: No, my opinion, no I, I thought, thought it, was it was very soft
1: Gordon, Deal.
3: Um Yeah, I'm going to go penalty, yeah Okay didn't expect you You're to say
1: surprised that. surprised with that? Um, okay, we'll we can elaborate later. Um, Callum McGregor's challenge. Yellow un- card un- for unpunished, me. Unpunished, I think. Should have y- been a yellow. Yeah, for me, yeah. Should have been a yellow. Yeah. Scott Brown's. Um, <sighs> borderline yellow, yeah.
3: Mm, not for me. Jonathan Obika, Stephen Wells, stretch dog. <sighs> Do you know, Gordon, uh, when you see it, when You see it in slow motion, it's worse than where it is. Um, I thought the yellow card, yes, and it makes it worse because the boy gets stretchered off. But we've got to tell you, you think yes, I'm going okay. yellow for that. Yeah, year. yellow card for a bit. Right, okay,
1: that. well, we can argue and elaborate more. I just wanted to get you to put your cards on the table. Let's bring in William, who is in Dorset. What's on your mind tonight, William?
7: Hi, guys. Uh, so first of all, I'd like to say that the, 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 the points that I'm going to make here it's not on the players. Right, this is the the consistencies again mm-hmm. that have been highlighted the last couple of weeks with uh, the referees, and I think they're being conned and uh, they make the wrong decisions here. You could have blown that Celtic player last night, and he would have been done. And that's twice that's two games in a row now. Right, the the, the Celtic players are going to do fairly easy for penalties, uh, and I think the referees are making the wrong decisions there.
1: Let's, let's let's start with that one, William, because I will let you back in. I promise. But let's start with that one, and we'll we'll debate that one. Um, Mark, you don't think it was a penalty? Was that was that a dive?
2: No. Look, uh, I sat there and I rewound it, probably about three and four times to try and see where the contact was, mm. and I just couldn't see any. Yes, there was a, a slight touch on the shoulder, but no force, no pull. In my opinion, anyway. And Taylor goes down very, very easily.
1: Um, now, Gordon, you said that was a penalty. I'm Keen to? to...
3: I, th- I thought, I thought it, yes when I watched it. Um, I thought it was a penalty kick. Now, what? want What doesn't make it look good, Gordon? Is I think that he knows it's a, but he goes down very. Dramatically if you know what I mean. He goes down like a duck but I think he was where was the contact that would make him go down? I thought it was I thought he got him the the sort of a knees he come in early doors. The knees? What? Wait see you watching the same game. Yeah, I thought I
2: thought he caught him. See, this is the thing for me... Now,
3: I said there was a
2: slight touch on Greg Taylor's shoulder... I don't think there was a shoulder... I think they came together, man. Well, you can clearly see his hand on his shoulder... But at what point has the game got to now... Where whoever's in the box... As soon as you touch them... Put your hand on them... And if they go down, that's a penalty... The game can't descend into that... Otherwise, there is penalties for Mm. every, every... Every corner kick then should be a penalty... If I'm marking somebody a striker... And I put my hand on him, and he falls down. Surely has fallen into the same
1: bracket then that was given last night and last week. People might say that you know when you're running at pace and you get the slightest touch, it would be different to, to that situation. I think that's no. what
3: happened, Gordon. I really do. Um,
1: okay, listen, I, 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 I'm only surprised because you're the only one I've heard say it. That doesn't mean you're wrong.
3: Everybody's got their opinion. You stick well, by the, it, okay? referee, the referee, seen it, and he gave it. Yeah, but well, but it's look, as as <laughs> said, it's all, it's all a matter of
1: opinions. Yeah, okay, uh, William. Aye, no, definitely not a penalty for me.
7: Definitely not a penalty for me. Uh, the referee sees a lot of stuff in Scottish football to be honest, uh, and the decisions don't don't match week to week. Uh, my second point, guys, is the McGregor tackle. Mm-hmm. That was a red. You think so? Over the top of that ball, right, and could have seriously injured that uh, some man player last night. If that now it's happened right previously with other players mm-hmm. with other teams right they've missed the ball uh, they've contacted the other player gets with a yellow card at the time but then there's been retrospective, retrospective punishment mm-hmm. from the compliance uh, panel
1: I think it would be interesting to see if the compliance panel are going to get involved this time. Here's the thing, though, William, right? Because they might and they might not. But I'm I'm going to make a prediction, and I hope I'm not being un, I hope I'm not being unfair on you, right? If they don't, if there is no retrospective punishment to Callum McGregor, I imagine you will take that as proof that the system is, is inconsistent and, and unfair, yes? But the, the proof's there then? Right, well, the but, but no, 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 no but, no, but it's not. And here's if you. I'll try and, and sort of let you see what I mean, because Mark, Mark Wilson, and and by the way, remember Mark is admitting that it shouldn't have been a penalty, so it's not not like he's seeing it all through the green tinted glasses or whatever. It's, it's no, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm trying to explain. Mark and Gordon are both telling you they, they thought that was a yellow. Now, therefore, it's surely possible that if it goes to a panel of three referees, one or two or three of them might also think it's a yellow. And if that's the case, he won't be retrospectively punished. So Mark and Gordon are just using their judgment. They think it's a yellow. But if it turns out that he's not retrospective punishment, you're calling that proof that the system is inconsistent. Surely it's just a judgment call. Uh, right, so let me go back to our
7: decision with Alfredo Mereles getting uh, a yellow card. Then he, after they come off the park, McGregor was getting interviewed, and McGregor said he had a chat with the referee, and the referee says he's seen it all, mm-hmm. and there was no malicious intent. He had a chat with the referee. That goes to the panel, the right? Yep. They interview the referee, and the referee said, "Well, I didn't see it all." Yep.
1: Correct. So it's 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 oh. all about the refereeing standards. In Scottish football. No, I, listen. I get that, William. That we're clear, listen. If we're getting players punished retrospectively as often as we are, clearly referees are making a mistake. But I feel like I've asked you, I've put the point, and you, you went off to talk about Morelos and Darren McGregor, which you know, which was a couple of weeks ago. Mark Wilson, Gordon Diel and many others, just innocently, in their opinion, think that was a yellow. So it is not beyond the realms of possibility then that any three-man panel of ex-referees or whoever else looks at it might also think that was a yellow because these things happen. But you've just told me that that will be proof that the system is inconsistent. How can that be? Because that's my opinion. And but, we're all entitled to their opinion I get that but you're calling it proof that's the type of thing that you have to to prove and, and provide conclusive evidence of um, it's a difficult one Gordon because listen I will never make any secret that stuff like this at times can be the, the currency for, for shows mm-hmm. like ours and there's obviously a lot in there with people will say that, they, they, that it's not all about what team they support and stuff but sometimes it comes back to that How do we find the balance between, yes, trying to drive up standards and, yes, trying to find some sort of consistency, but also not
3: over-scrutinising every single tackle? Well, we've opened a can of worms for ourselves, Gordon, because that's what's happening just now. Every single tackle. And remember, this is what you call a contact sport. There's going to be tackles. There's going to be decisions that referees make on the day that some will agree, some will disagree. But we seem to be tit for tat just now. We're looking at, oh, well, it's, well look what happened to a Rangers player, and then say, so, well, look what happened to a Celtic mm. player. It happens throughout the game, and every mm. league even in the championship but it's not highlighted because it's not (laughs) Celtic again
1: I I appreciate this is what makes our show turn at times um, but the nature of it in this city you will never get away from that I'm not saying everyone does this but the amount of people that sent me pictures last night on Twitter of Mm. Callum McGregor's tackle and Scott Brown's tackle to say you better mention this tomorrow funnily enough I got no pictures of Jonathan Obika's tackle sent which makes you think, hmm, okay, what, what, what is the real objective here? Is it about really trying to drive up standards? Or is it all about, like everything, depressingly here, does it all come back to that rivalry? I wish we would be able to, to get away from that sometimes. But anyway, thank you, William. Uh, in Dorset, 01419511025. Billy is in Aloha. What's your take on all this, Billy? Uh,
8: yeah, much the same there. I, I just, interestingly there, I've just heard Gordon say there, uh, it, it's a contact sport. Is consta- it is, is a contact sport? Because if if you go by the, by what we've seen last night on the telly with that penalty decision, they may as well take the contact with it because that boy should win an Oscar for that for that last night. The way Greg Taylor was doing I thought somebody had shot him.
1: Yeah, well, I see the thing about diving, Mark, and I wonder if we've learned any lessons from from the Albion Ayeti one because they're, it's easy for us to say, you know, that, that wasn't a penalty. But we very rarely see retrospective punishment for diving, and I wonder if there's a good reason for that. I wonder if it's hard to prove. You know, these guys have to provide conclusive evidence, and, and you make yeah. people agree. A yeti? Mo, you thought a yeti was a dive? Yeah, yeah. yeah I did. Um, the, the panel didn't. I had to go back. I think it was two or three years to find the last one, which was Darren O'Dea mm. and then before that, it was Jordan Jones at Comarmac. Do referees need to do more to spot it at the time? Because as we've learned with a yeti this week. Proving diving Retrospectively When there is A level of contact Seems to be quite difficult yeah, It's almost impossible To It's your word Against
2: the actual players And, and how he Interprets its contact um, Yes I, I believe Gordon What you say Is the referees Have to do better Now We've been on this show For the last couple of weeks Chatting About retrospective action About the compliance officer And see at the bottom it What is at the bottom it It's referees Getting the decisions wrong On the day Now you'll excuse referees for making bad decisions occasionally but their job is to be in the best position remember these guys are trained to be in the best position in relation to where the ball is and if we're getting so many of these questionable Mm -hmm. decisions in such a short space of time well we've got to be honest I know refereeing is a hard job and you know it's hard to get into it and there's a lot of fitness work to it and people sympathise but we've got to call it like we see it.
1: What about players then taking
2: more responsibility as well? For diving? Or, or going down? Yeah, of course. But, with not just your game. The full game in Britain and Europe has revolved around this winning a penalty now. Rather than just being honest and playing to a close in the boxes, can I win myself a penalty and my team a penalty to gain an advantage? That is the culture of football. But that's not but a new thing, thing
3: Mark. No, it's, it's been going... Listen, I played in the 80s. And there were players the exact same in the 90s uh, that would do anything to get a penalty kick. Yeah.
2: You but, know, but surely the have the got wheels. to control that then.
3: They, they are put in the position
2: to control mm. the game. If they are missing it, it's okay dancing about saying it's players' fault. It's the compliance officer, it's this and that. It is the guys on the day who are getting the decisions wrong so many times. That's a problem. But
3: but you're saying a referee got a decision. You may be right here, but you're you're saying a a referee got a decision wrong last night with Greg Taylor. That's your opinion. The referee's opinion is probably he got it right. Because he was in a good position to see it. He gave the penalty kick. Now, is that not going back to it's all about opinions? Because we hear people, you and I have both said, we thought McGregor's, tackles are yellow. We'll get phone calls tonight saying, red card, Stonewall red card. So, is it not about opinion? The referee's seen it, and his opinion is as a penalty kick.
1: What about the tackles, Billy? Are we interested in them, or is it just the penalty?
8: Oh, d- d- listen, I've, I've given up hope, to, to tell you the truth, but I, I think we're a Stock in Scotland um, the way that we do, that, that our officials are refereeing games, and then a, a game gets re-refereed after... The actual mm. after the actual game, I mean, you go back to and and, and, and I'm going to bring this up. Come Roof. At the end of the day, now the referee, he's he's then come out and said he gave a yellow card at the time, so he's obviously seen enough to get a yellow
1: card. Yes, yeah, so, so he didn't see the full extent after of
8: it. the match and says he never seen it.
1: Well, didn't see the full extent of it. The, the bit that would have been the red. So, so I, he's seen enough, but he's seen enough to give him a yellow
8: card. Though, so so mm. he either seen it or he didn't mm. see. It so if he didn't see if he didn't see the full
1: extent why is he giving him a yellow card well again I must admit I don't know because I'm not inside his head I can only assume that he he feels like he saw a yellow card defence and then on on reflection realised it's a red card defence that he somehow missed I don't know I think I hope you'll forgive me for assuming that because I think that's all Um, All you can do. The thing about being the laughing stock, right? I I clearly don't think it's good either. Believe me, I'd rather not talk about this stuff every night. So, it's not ideal. Something needs fixed. But but let's bear in mind. Look at our rich neighbours down the road. Twice in the last week, Mm -hmm. twice in the last week, referees have gone to VAR, given red cards, and then they've been overturned on appeal with a referee who's then had the chance to look at it. So, I could say that they're a laughing stock. You know, I'm not sure there's any need for that. That sort of label to be to be put on it. I mean, yeah. they've got VAR and they're still coming up with that stuff.
3: Yeah, no, and, and that's what I'm saying. To Mark, we can we can have our own opinions, and this is this is full time referees in England. This is guys that are training every day and working every day. I mean, with be, videos. Be, and,
1: and I do get that. Just because they've got problems doesn't mean that that, that we should celebrate that. But look, there's Suchik at West Ham. The, the oh, L-O, it was incredible. And t- to, to actually go and look at that again and still still, still see think it, yeah. it's a red. It is so I don't know if we'll ever get away from that, and I'm not sure if people realise that. I don't. I, I get the impression from some of the the conversations on social media that we'll never accept that. And but, you know, fun and games. Thank you very much, Billy. In Alloa, one four one nine five one one zero two five is a good time to call because we're going to get travel with Stephen, and you could be up next. One four one nine five
0: one one zero two five. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
1: Mark Wilson and Rita Ora's number one fan, Gordon DL, joining <laughs> us on the show tonight. 0141... You made, 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 made me forget the phone number because <laughs> he, he did some sort of weird celebratory dance when I referenced that. 01419511025, Twitter, at ClydeSSB. Um, we've got a bit of a treat after 7 o'clock, right? Because do you remember what we discussed last week on the show? We said last week, last Thursday... 12 weeks exactly Since Scotland went to Belgrade And did the business So we wanted to find out if anyone else did the business that night Because 12 weeks on It would be around about the time that you would make the announcement The scan picture goes on Facebook Oh we're expecting congratulations All the rest of it 12 weeks on We wondered if the joy from Belgrade got too much for anyone that night And um, you, know, you know what happened Well there's been a good response to that On Twitter Quite a few people got in touch and I, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna be able to make that happen live on air. Not <laughs> happen. No, oh. sorry, whoa, whoa. I don't mean that. I mean the conversation. Getting excited, we're gonna make, yeah. hopefully make the conversation happen live on air. Um, um, yes, just, just after seven o'clock. Oh, looking we'll forward to
3: Looking up. forward to that. Uh, Paul's on
1: Twitter. He says, uh, "What's the difference between diving for a penalty and claiming corners and throw-ins when players know they hit the ball last? Utter hypocrisy as usual in football." Mm, I think diving for a penalty and winning it Is a bit more serious than a, a corner or throwing. Is that, is a throwing Is claiming a corner when you know it's not yours Is that the gateway drug to diving?
2: Mm-hmm, maybe that's, that's where sort of yeah. mm. <laughs> yeah, they start
1: off and up. Why do you guys do that? Well,
2: claim for everything mm-hmm. I suppose it's just a winning mentality And players it's that they want so to gain the biggest the box, advantage is that, is that just a winning mentality? Aye. Probably yeah. not well, then. Aye. well, but Not
3: one mm. I agree with that's, you must have been into diving you never were a striker it's always the strikers too lazy though. No, no, too never. I wouldn't even dive off a top deal at Wishabass let me tell you I am not <laughs> <laughs> anti diving uh, well. <laughs> well some forms
1: <laughs> 01419511025 uh, Richie <laughs> is a Rangers fan on the line uh, what's your point for the panel tonight Richie how we doing Gordon Gordon and Matt good thank you again?
3: my right, Jay
9: how are we doing? Um, the top deal at Wishaw Basketball, and that is some thought, by the way. I don't want to see that site.
1: <laughs> the yeah. oh, terrible. People <laughs> eating their dinner, Richie.
9: <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a couple of points. Um, no chat from me tonight on refereeing. Okay. Um, I've been listening to the show quite a lot in the last wee while, um, and it seems to be quite dominated by that, but I understand why. Um, it's just about Stephen Gerrard again. I came on a few weeks ago and spoke about him. Um, a couple of points... The first one is really just a sort of praise for Steven Gerrard in the way that he sort of conducts himself, obviously not only behind the scenes that we don't see, but actually, you know, when we do see him and the way that he speaks in the media, I think there's a lot of managers that can learn from that. Um, I think Rangers fans will tell you that he's going kind to of be fitting of what we feel a Rangers manager should be, like Walter Smith, Graham Souness. Um couple of points we'll in terms of... <laughs> I know him, no, definitely not right, mate, okay. definitely not I thought you just missed him um, Pedro. No, no, I missed him deliberately mate, don't worry Alright, a couple, couple of wee things Just in terms of calling on the game against St Mirren In the cup where He put in Bassey for Barisic And then if we look at the Hamilton game recently When he's brought in Zunga Instead of either Jack or Davis um, I just wanted to chat And I'm not criticising him at all Please, please listen to that Because he's been sensational for us But I just want them to play the
3: strongest teams, get the 55th title over the line, and I just want you to hear what your thoughts were on them. Gordon? Yeah, um, I'm finding this very surprising, Gordon, that Rangers supporters are saying this. The reason being, we've sat, well, stood in here uh, night after night, and especially at the weekend, and spoke about, the minute we see Rangers team, first thing we mentioned. Eight internationals on the bench. Look at the strength of the squad that Rangers have. Rotation. Steven Gerrard, even in Europe, rotation-wise, using it absolutely brilliantly. Yes, they didn't have a great performance against Hamilton, but you're not telling me the guys that are in the Rangers squad aren't good enough to go and play against the team that's bottom in the league. I'm not having that. Now, Steven Gerrard will not play his strongest eleven in his head every single week because he he built a squad two players for each position that's what he said when he came into at the beginning and he believes in the players now one or two players what happens is Rangers got a bad uh, day um, against St Mernon and Paisley Bass is the one that took the brunt of that Rangers still had a very, very strong team against St Mirren. They had a poor performance against Hamilton at the weekend. They drew 1-1, even the manager says we're lucky to get uh, a point out of the game. People are now looking at, sound Oh, it's his his problem. Have a look at the Rangers team. I'm sorry, they're still good enough to go and beat Hamilton. All the credit in Sunday goes to Hamilton. I thought they were excellent. Richie, I
1: mean, you're right, perhaps, because we've got hindsight, and you look at those two examples. So Sunday wasn't great, and you can say, well... It wasn't great, and they changed the team, so that must have been the reason. Similarly, Saint Mirren. But th- does that not overlook the fact that the way Stephen Gerrard has chopped and changed the team this season is what's led Rangers to eighteen points clear at the top of the league? Yeah, but well,
9: perhaps so. Back in the weeks before, when the fixtures were coming so quick, and so you know what I mean, they were they were coming like yeah. heavily like every every few days, but. If you look at the distance the way that Rangers played the other day when Jack and Davis come on, you know, it it was clear to see how better we were. And I'm not just pinning it on, uh, you know, the boy Zunga. All I'm trying to say is, Gordon, that he needs to play what he feels is the team. And he he touched on it in his own interview. He said that in his own interview at the end of the game, that, you know, he'll need to draw on that himself. I'm not blaming a specific in terms of Barthie. I'm just saying play
1: what you feel your strongest team is especially when we're right at the death of the season I suppose that two, two ways of looking at it Mark what he has in mind is his strongest team his strongest 11 they, they simply can't play every week because that's not the way football yeah. works so they won't they won't play every game but is, is the is the solution that, that Richie wants maybe somewhere in the middle where yeah you can leave out Jack and or Davis but maybe not both at once and maybe not and maybe not on a day when when Morelos is unavailable is it about finding a, k- a kind of happy happy medium
2: listen I think it's harsh because you know Stephen Gerrard has compiled a squad of players who are capable of coming in now the team now if you look at his team selections over this season with all the European games and cup games he's never really made wholesale changes where there are eight changes to the side it's always been maybe uh, maybe four has maybe been the most last week at Hamelin it was a couple so he has faith in the rest of the guys who play every week. You look at the back 4 of the exact same as it has been. But he changes maybe Eten up front and, and Zungo in there. The team should be able to cope with that. And I believe Steven Gerrard has faith in the team coping with that. And I think they're at the stage now where... He is a bit more relaxed. I know he was fired up after the game and says it's a mistake. He might have to rethink it going forward, but guys like Zungu and Eten and Bassey and guys like that, maybe Simpson, they need game time. When are they going to play? Uh, If you're you're 20, 23 points ahead, when are they going to find game time? Because there is no competitive reserve league there is none of this what they had in the last couple of years where Rangers and Celtic would play glamour kind of friendlies against teams down south for their, their players who weren't playing to get them up to speed they'd be as well playing now or they can't
1: judge them for the start of next season interesting debate either way Richie thank you very much Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun.
0: For the best football news and opinion online.
1: The uk slash football. Oh, Thursday nights beat the pundit. What a highlight of the week. one four one nine five one one oh two five. I don't think Wilson's played in quite some time. I've not. I think I've only played once. I'm getting it all on it. I think what we'll do tonight Is we'll need, we'll do something different with the coin right? No. I am getting stick for It's, it's, t- it's tails every night yeah, It's, it's tails every night So let's see what we can do Beat the pundit tonight If you want to play 01419511025 Lines close at 7 Your chance to beat the pundit is next Let's hear from you
0: Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Play one super scoreboard
1: Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are here We're here until 8 o'clock We'd love to hear from you 01419511025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB Coming up after this I did say something a bit different Something that I'm looking forward to Way more uh, than I should 12 weeks on Just over 12 weeks Since Scotland's victory in Belgrade 12 weeks That's usually the time people announce That they're expecting a baby Is it because Scotland won in Belgrade? We will find out the answers next Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun.
0: For the best football news and opinion online. The ScottishSun.co.uk slash football.
1: Right, beat the pundit time. The man Halliday's getting a bit of a reputation. Did they win last night? Played 5 one five oh. in 2021. Oh. Um, you, Gordon, are getting a reputation of of a, bit, of a different kind. Um, but I have to say, do you know what? Played 21. Do you know what? A bit of sympathy for you, right? Because it's become clear to me that your mistakes get jumped on more than, than anyone else's mistakes. And it's all to do with him. It's Mark Wilson's fault because he laughs and he makes fun of you. Alex Ray had an absolute of the other night. A DL, we would call it. And Hugh Keevens just gave a wee chuckle and we moved on and it was sort of forgotten about, whereas you don't get to forget about your Uh, mistakes, so a bit of sympathy for you.
3: No, exactly. Um, I'll take that on board, Gordon. Don't worry about that. uh,
1: Right, Okay. let's (laughs) meet. Great. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) thank you. Uh, Let's meet tonight's contestant, who is Ewan from East Kilbride. How's it going, Ewan? I'm good. How are you, Gordon? Not too bad at all, thank you. Um, I'm going to do something different tonight, Ewan, because I'm getting major stick here I don't know what's wrong with my tossing technique I say that every night um, but I, it's tails <laughs> every night every night it's tails which means the same pundits are played. so simple solution tonight heads I'll just flip it round the other way heads it's Gordon DL tails it's Mark oh Wilson. no oh yes yeah, I, I, I I, not. I, yeah. I, go for it right, heads it's Gordon DL tails it's Mark no. And it's Tails again, by the way. On, well, away, <laughs> isn't ah, yes.
2: Oh,
3: yes. There's something in that. No, right. no. right. Go right. on it's, in. Bring it on in. It. It's Mark Wilson. Come on, so Ewan. I'm going to give Mark yeah.
1: some Clyde 2 to listen to. I don't know if you heard it last night, Ewan. Basically, Andy Halliday's best mate, who's been trying to get through for weeks, telling yeah. him, I'm going to get one over on you. He came on. Halliday beat him. And the first thing he said, Oh, my goodness, it's so much harder when you're on than playing at home. So. Yeah. Just forget forget that anyone's listening, right? It's just just you and I. That's the that's the way you think yeah. about it. But anyway, thirty seconds, you're head to head with Mark and you can pass. That's all you need to know. Ready? Yep. Right, let's go. Thirty seconds starts now. Name any Celtic player who's currently on loan from an English Premier League team. Shane Duffy. What group are Scotland in at Euro twenty twenty, A B C or D? D. Who scored the only goal in Mullerwell's win against Kilmarnock last night? Alan Campbell. Which Rangers player wears number nine? Uh, the four which Scottish Premiership side were renamed from Meadowbank Thistle in 95 uh, pass which Scotland international joined Newcastle in September last year uh, Ryan Fraser which Edinburgh landmark features on Hibbs Club Crest Edinburgh Castle ok let's bring back Mark Wilson Mark can you hear us yeah that was a long Gordon. time you what That's do
10: you think <laughs> I'll tell you what
3: Give us a ball in I'll sign it now Oh really You don't think Wilson's any chance Absolutely no chance chance. Ewan
1: was brilliant He was giving it The big thumbs up Was he Meaning Ewan's good Right let's find out 30 seconds Mark Wilson Same set of questions To you Your time starts now Name any Celtic player Who's currently on loan From an English Premier League team Oh Eh what, what group are Scotland in at Euro 2020, A, B, C or D? A. Who scored the only goal for Motherwell against Kilmarnock last night? Which Rangers player wears number nine? four. Which Scottish Premiership side were renamed from Meadowbank Thistle in '95? Livingston. Which Scotland international joined in Newcastle in September last year? Matt Ritchie. Which Edinburgh landmark features on Hibs Club Crest? Uh, Edinburgh Castle. Which Scottish Premiership side has the stadium with the smallest capacity? Livingston. Okay, okay. You Come and- on! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Can you please look behind you? me off right This doesn't work on radio, right? But we are, I keep saying it, we're all in different studios. Gordon DL has just pressed his nose, and it's quite a nose right up against the glass, and it has is, it is thrown me off here, right? Please put that mask away. You and I, e, confident? Yeah, I think it was tight. See, Ewan's playing it down He's hammered you, by the way Has he? Ah, he must have uh, I haven't counted them yet Name any Celtic player Who's currently on loan From the English oh, Premier League team Are you serious? Uh, I got, I got Foster Or El or Kenny Aye, aye, there's a few there See, when you get the first must one up. wrong And mm. you know you've made a mess of it mm. Downhill from there Did Ewan get that? He did, did he? What group are Scotland in at Euro 2020? A, B, C or D? It's got to be A It's D What? Yes. Ewan got it mm. Ewan's 2-0 up How did you know that, Ewan?
11: I just got a guess, I can't lie.
1: Ah, oh, look at that. When your luck's in, it's in. Who scored Motherwell's goal? Alan Campbell. Both got it, so Ewan still leads by two. Jermaine Defoe, number nine. Both got it, Ewan still leads by two. <laughs> Uh Thistle, you got Livingston, Ewan didn't. Ah, no. Ewan, not so clever now. Oh, just <laughs> you wait. <laughs> ah, in, in fact he is because it was Ryan Fraser and not Matt Ritchie. Ah, ah, you it. Yourself. And Ewan got it. Uh, Edinburgh Castle on Hibs Crest, and you're right, you knew it yourself, Hamilton is the smallest capacity. So one, on, two, Ewan. three, four, five, six for Ewan and only a four oh, for Lark. Get in, Ewan. Well yeah, done. done yeah. Shut up, Ewan. Ewan. <laughs> Ewan, Ewan. The sign ball is on its ah, way to East Cobride. And you you were one of the ones with a
3: 100% record, <laughs> and now it's gone. Uh, 50%. Just <laughs> like that. Played 2 1 1. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in loan at Celtic? Can't pass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> OK, you may remember last week on the show the three of us had a bit of fun, we were reminiscing 12 weeks to the day since Scotland qualified for the Euros after that memorable night in Belgrade, and we figured that it was probably memorable in more ways than one for some people and 12 weeks on, we were on a mission to find anyone who was announcing their pregnancy roundabout now because that would mean that there's every chance that that was David Marshall, Ryan Christie, Stevie Clark inspired and can you believe it, What? response we've had we have found multiple people who are willing to put their hands up and say by the way that was probably us let's speak to one of them right now now what's funny about this just before just before coming on here taking a little bit of cold feet right doesn't want his real name used mm. so we thought what generic name could we use willie how does willie sound oh yeah. is that perfect yeah, is that fine yeah i mean g- given <laughs> given the subject let, let's go willie willie how are you Yes well, thank you, how are you? Not bad at all, first of all congratulations is in order, you've just announced 12 weeks into the pregnancy, there's a baby on the way, congratulations, how are you feeling?
11: Uh, Brilliant, thank you very much, yeah,
1: yeah, really pleased, obviously it'll be our second wee one, so... Um, yeah, just over the over the moon. Absolutely, and we've been on this mission, Willie. Twelve weeks and four days, I think, between Scotland qualifying and your scan, your announcement. So let's be honest, probably Scotland inspired, wasn't it?
11: Um, probably, uh, <laughs> definitely, maybe. Uh, <laughs> one of those things. Happy, happy
1: evening for the whole country. So, aye, it was a, it was a good night. <laughs> Happier for some than others, oh, by, oh, yeah. by, by yeah. the sounds of it. And I'm, what does that mean then? Are you're going to be able to twist the lovely wife's arm. I, I don't know if you're going to find out the sex, but is it going to be is David Marshall, Ryan Christie? Could there be a couple of names that are worth considering? Um, possibly, especially if there's a lassie. Uh, Someone may <laughs> work out Davida or something, I don't know. Uh, Davida? <laughs> Surely
2: Christie.
1: <laughs> Not David. Christie, uh, Christie, Christie. Yeah. Now, here's <laughs> the other thing, right? <laughs> Because obviously listen, we can't take too much credit, right? Stevie Clark, Ryan Christie, David Marshall, all the boys, they did the business. But we were we were on air that night, right? So let's let's remind ourselves of the, the type of things that we were discussing on that night twelve weeks ago. Take your hat off to him. He got his tactics spot on. Away from home as well. Odds against us.
2: How many times do we overcome that situation? We've just not done it in years. But from the start, you've got to see the confidence grew. Rather than watching through the sidelines, oh my goodness, that was exhausting. Oh my goodness, indeed. <laughs> what was
1: Gordon DL saying to that night as well? Now
3: surely they have got
1: to turn that round, <laughs> you, Willie. I just, uh, Willie, I don't know if they're talking about the game or your performance. Uh-huh. Honestly, I can't make up my mind.
3: I uh, had I'm, you in I'm, mind, Willie. No, nah, I'm just glad we both
1: rose to the occasion that was all. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Willie. Um, now we did say that you're brave enough to come on. We'll send you a wee, a wee gift for the uh, for your child that's on the way. Um, <laughs> Gordon there won't be paying for it because he's, he's tight as can be, as you uh, as you well know. But they, see, the thing is, I don't know about you two. Genuinely, I was knackered that night. See, standing even watching that, I was knackered. I well, want to know, how, Willie wasn't he? I want to know how Willie found the energy. <sighs> You as a training lad It's a of stamina, you know <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. Willie, were you multitasking Or was it later on to celebrate?
11: Oh, it must have been later I, I, was, I was too engrossed in the game to watched it And you think about it Until after the penalties
1: Brilliant <laughs> Willie, we are forever grateful That you've come on and shared your story You will never forget this, I'm sure We'll send you a wee gift And uh, like I say, congratulations From all of us We wish you well And hopefully uh, the wee ones get something, uh, something to, to cheer in the summer
3: yeah keep up Wally cheers <laughs> lads thanks very much keep up Wally
1: <laughs> well, wait, he said, what a guy what uh, a guy Wally honestly. what a night oh, what a night indeed I can't believe I'll never uh... forget it Wally will certainly never forget it <laughs> I've just I've got I've got visions of of his wife sitting in uh-huh. the background listening going I can't believe uh-huh. I've just done that I had
3: to watch a football uh, apparently <laughs> he's then get Wally Oh,
1: dear, right, <laughs> 01419511025 on the phones at Clyde SSB <laughs> on Twitter You oh, cannot trust you. If you, you you're just delighted that you found your phone all the stress from earlier in the <laughs> show is okay. gone look at you, you're a, a relaxed figure kicking back, he's found his phone going oh. to listen to some, some Rita Ora on the way home and all is well with the world I'm, I'll get your thoughts on your team Mullerwell's win down at Kilmarnock uh, a bit later on as well so if there's any Kelly fans, what did you see um, from, from a Tommy Wright Kilmarnock team was was there enough there to fill you with a bit more optimism for the future Mother fans as well let us know 01419511025 let's bring in James who's a Rangers fan in Kings Park what's on your mind tonight James? Uh, do
12: you know God, just as I was sitting waiting to speak to you I think what I'm going to say is probably going to infuriate both sides of the city <laughs> go for it um, so basically I'm going to kind of no defend referees right by any manner of means but Obviously the decision making has been great on both sides, right? Rufus have been saying half, Morellus blah blah blah, Celtic would their their ones alright. But could it be the case that obviously it's an important season for Celtic going for ten in a row and even more so for Rangers trying to stop ten, get 55, fifty five, first title in nine years. So could it be that internally referees have been told, if you're not sure, obviously because there's so much at stake, you know, go there yellow and then it can be it can be looked at if you're wrong if you didn't see it then you, you can after the match you can
1: see as much as, and then it'll be reviewed um, it's, it's an interesting theory let, let me put it to the guys
2: um, no I don't think that conversation happened in my opinion um, I think that owns up just a can of worms for the mm-hmm. compliance officer now I know they're kind of hid from our view these people who make the decisions but I would still find that stretch that David, so don't worry we've got a trap this. door for the referee to get out of uh, nah, nah I, I suppose don't the, that. the
1: only thing is James what would be the what would be the point in that in the sense that surely the the act, the, the, the main priority should actually be on the day because we've been through All this before right so I'm not want to blame one person or one club or whatever but, but for example because it's the high profile one Kamal Roofs suspension doesn't actually benefit St. Johnson because they they didn't get to benefit from it on the day. And if anything, he is now missing for games against St. Johnson's rivals. So St. Johnson would would rather he played in those games. So the priority will always be what happens on the day. So this notion that we can, don't worry too much refs, we'll clear it up afterwards, is that not, that would be counterproductive, would it not?
12: Definitely, but if you look at the other way, they rush in and they send somebody after they shouldn't have been sent off, then they kind of go back and get that team, that man back for the rest of the game
1: also true I can't argue mm. with that but I f- I, without knowing for sure Gordon I feel like if there was a choice I feel like what you would want to get right first is, is that day because like I say that
3: that's what influences the outcome of games No I think, I think referees are instructed simply Gordon and just give the decision you feel is right at that moment um, yes, there's obviously there's a, a, a way out it for them. If it's a yellow, then they can they can say after the game. Well, I didn't see the full incident. I, I didn't. Well, f- hold on,
1: T- to be fair, to clear that up, they they're not supposed to just be able to to say that. It has to has to be the case. It has <laughs> yeah, to be true.
3: Yeah, well, they, well, that's what I meant. But I think on the day, then I think they make a decision they think in their head is a hundred percent correct decision, whether it's a yellow or a red. But unfortunately for the referee. He doesn't get to look, unless it's down in England, you, you don't get to go and look at a TV screen and look at it two or three times and then come back and you've got a chance to change your mind. You've got a decision to make, and you've got to make it there. How many times is... Guys in, in, in the house, you now it's watching football, odds guys in the studio, sitting looking at replay after replay, before we make our mind up. So I think it's a very difficult job, and it? it's highlighted this year because of the importance of the league, uh, and what's happening with between Rangers and Celtic, but it just doesn't happen with Celtic and Rangers. I, you know, I, I witnessed one last week when Motherwell player McKinley went into the box and got his nose broken, and never even got a, never even got a free kick. Never even get anything, you know. So it happens in other games as well. It's, it's the
2: way referees been coached this year. Now this might be going back to what James is saying, but slightly different, I suppose. Because in years gone by, we've seen red cards dished out pretty quickly, and we come on here and scrutinise and we say, "Oh, definitely not a red card that," or "Yeah, it was, it was debatable. Maybe got it right." Some people argue, but this year. There has been so many blatant ones Red cards And Daz has just mentioned one there Take Rangers and Celtic get the equation It's a red card and, and dangerous play Yet yeah, it's not given Follow that up with Several others over this season What has happened in the season And the way referees have been coached To change their opinion On straight red cards It seems odd Lack of a crowd <laughs> think so? think it plays a part? Yeah, no, I, know. I, I definitely do. I, 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 of, well, course, of course of course, I don't point. know, and
1: we'll never be able to measure it. What I have noticed, for instance, um, and again, we'll never know because you're trying to get inside people's brains, players do not, sound, do, do not put as much pressure on referees to make decisions now as they do with the crowd. Watch it, you see it all the time. How many decisions have you seen this season where you go, that's a penalty, and yeah. then someone chips in with, oh, well, the players didn't really protest. Mm-hmm. you have seen it all the time this season.
3: No, I, I I definitely agree with that, Gordon. I do think that a crowd in the in the stadium certainly helps, and I think it encourages players to be more enthusiastic about trying to claim for certain free kicks, penalty kicks, or whatever it may be. I think you're correct there, huh?
2: but uh, then that's another argument: referees' influence through crowds. they shouldn't be. There should be a decision on the pitch that is by the letter of the law. That these guys know and are perfectly positioned either if there's a crowd or if there isn't. And there's been too many this season that we've chatted about that's went missed to to be normal. It's strange. And I just wonder if there's something happened in the summer with the refs and the coaching or what they've been told. Not what James says, that it's too big a season, but the way things have developed in our game is something changed that we don't know about. Final you know, word to you, James. No, as I say, it was just...
12: I thought,
3: and the more I thought about it, the more ridiculous know, so I thought it was, but by that time I was to do it so I could really back up. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, James. We've all
1: been there. I can't back out. A great conclusion. Oh, that, James, listen, James Call of the night for that yeah. straight away. James in Kings Park. <laughs> Thank you very much. 01419511025. Uh, do
3: you know what? A bit of honesty. Uh, you know I know After I'm talking absolute mince, but I'm not backing out.
1: Nah, that's all good. I, I think we'll take any theory will take any that I, I don't. I think James has actually been hard on himself. It's no more obscure a theory than, than various others yeah. that we get. So uh, I wouldn't worry too much about that, right, James? Thank you. 01419511025 We are on Twitter at SSB and got a full time teaser for you next. How well do you know your goalies? Do you know your? Oh, goalies I don't well? like goalies. Yeah, going to mm. give you the goalie question next
0: taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 this is Clyde One Super
1: Scoreboard Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are here still plenty of time for you to get your calls in 0141 951 1025 we did have another big game last night as well of course so if you've got any thoughts on that um, I feel like lots of you still want to talk referees and compliance officers and red cards and all the rest of it so I'm sure We'll expect more of that as well. Let me give you tonight's teaser question though and just your nightly reminder that if you're out there and you play along with these and you think maybe you could come up with a question, maybe you think you've got the knowledge to catch the pundits out, all you need to do, send me an email fulltime at clyde1.com. That's fulltime at clyde1.com. That's what Mikey did tonight and he says since 2008 goalkeepers have won a Scottish domestic cup final by keeping a clean sheet And they have fewer than 20 caps For their national team Mm. So they they have been capped But fewer than 20 times And since 2000 They've won a major cup final in Scotland By keeping a clean sheet Fraser Foster Yes, well done Six caps for England I think Fraser Foster, well
4: done
1: Um. And he's done it in both League Cup and Scottish Cup So he certainly qualifies does.
3: Right, you just calm down. Since 2000.
1: Since 2000. Now, of course, it's going to rule out some of the big hitters, isn't it? Because they have to have fewer yeah. than, than 20 caps, so you're... Who would that rule out? Guys yeah, like... Well...
3: <laughs> 2000.
2: Who's <laughs> um, the big hitters that are Goalies. Craig Gordon and guys like yeah,
1: McGregor. McGregor. Right, they've more uh, than 20 caps. And yeah. So. Marshall. Uh, 2000. But... <laughs>
2: Who was the one The Aberdeen goalkeeper At the time Jamie Langfield No and they no. won the League Cup Alexander I Oh no he didn't keep a clean shoot Did he Neil uh, Alexander
1: <clears throat> mm, Yes Well, well done Well done Daz He's done again both um, The League Cup And the Scottish Cup Neil Alexander Well done Fraser Foster Neil Alexander One more maybe One more shoot Yeah maybe they're the two of the easier ones, obviously.
3: Yeah. Wait till we get to the hard ones.
1: Well, I mean, what, do you two even have a strategy for these things? Do you just see what name pops into your head? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Have you thought about starting recently?
3: No. Or, nope. Um, Whatever comes first? I, who was he's in cup finals? Who was? Come on, Daz. It's got its cup. You're good at this. Celtic. Celtic. Come on, Mark. What? Uh, Bain's not one. Scott Bain. Scott Bain, hey. Scott Bain. Yeah, hey. there in the
1: end. He managed to talk yourself out of it. He kept a clean sheet in the 2019 League Cup final for Celtic against Gosh, Aberdeen, aye. and he has three caps for Scotland. Okay, we'll leave it there. You can play along at home. We're looking for. Since 2008, goalkeepers have won a Scottish domestic cup final by keeping a clean sheet, and they've got fewer than 20 caps for their nationals. I'll give you some thinking times. Uh, Steve is a Celtic fan from Renfrew. I feel like introducing a rule, Steve. I hope you don't mind. I feel like because everyone's so bogged down in, in referees and compliance and all the rest of it, if you want to make that point, that's fine, but you need to start with a football point. You need to tell me what you made of the game last night first. I thought <laughs> of the
13: game, I think. I've Celtic. Quite edge at the start, and then he kind of grew into it in the first half. A magic turn the game, I think. And then in half time, they came out of a different team, uh, very mm. positive, cracking the ball, uh, Not bad back to themselves, but a bit more confidence in
1: mm. them. Uh, what do you, is, is it about that word you mentioned, Steve? I wonder how important that is, confidence, because actually Celtic. Uh, kind of did it in reverse at the weekend. They looked good, they looked in control against Motherwell, but then as soon as Motherwell scored, that seemed to go, and if anything, they, they could have dropped points at the end. Uh, uh, is confidence playing a part based on where this team has been in the last few months?
13: Definitely. Um, I think at the start of the season, there was a lot of, kind of problems with the COVID and all this, and, and some very bad decisions, especially in the transfer window, and uh, things like that, and some of the decisions have made sense there especially Dubai. Um, so you know the season's kind of over I think um, but you know, you've know got to try and build the confidence then, the team see how it pans out yeah. and then you can go from
1: there I think mm-hmm. I mean we all become great amateur psychologists don't we you could say that well now now the pressure in many ways is off for Celtic mm-hmm. so it, it's easier to play with a bit more fluency um, or, or maybe it is just it's, it was always going to take a while to get a bit of confidence back because of the, the but, run uh,
2: I mean Neil Lennon said probably the opposite that but his players have missed the fans for the pressure now I'm well aware and Daz is well aware the pressure playing for either side Celtic Rangers in front of packed houses and he thought his players have been missing that pressure um, so to say because it's off they're starting to play well look these guys are quality players it's been too long a gap you can afford certain players to have off days maybe a couple of weeks and they get back to form but collectively for the full almost the full squad of players burn one or two to have four months off form is is a stretch yeah. that
1: no I, no I, I sort of mean now though right that, i'm not saying that causes the form, but it's bound to be a byproduct, and then once you start to hopefully come out of the other side, you 're never going to just switch it back on oh, you're never right, going to have that right. you know you're never going to have your sort of swagger back straight away I'm not saying that they've been poor because of confidence but there's a', there's a kind of, almost a chicken and egg type thing.
3: Yeah, I think I think, He's I just think... Thinking about his
1: dinner. He's no idea what no, I'm no. going
3: to say. He's talking about chickens and Chim- eggs. Yeah. Chim- no, I I think the confidence is growing. <laughs> if he st- if he keep winning games, Gordon, they got a good result against Comala, scoring you know four goals. They got four goals last night. Now, the the reason I I thought Celtic's performance was good last night I went back to a season ago when Celtic would come out and it'd be, the game would be very tight. And then within five minutes, they'd scored two three goals. They're up to pace, up to ante, and they just were clinical. I seen a bit of that last night. There's still a long way to go. I think Mark says it as well. They've got very, very good players. That's what you've got to remember. They have got very, very good players. Now, there's no doubt some of them will be told to start up in their game because of the summer's coming up. The transfer window is opening and some of them obviously want to get, move on to pastures new. Some of them will be looking at, what happens if a new manager does come in? I want to be at the top of my game. What happens if Neil Lennon stays? I want to be in his plans. Uh, yeah, for Celtic supporters, it's a bit late, but they have to start somewhere. And so far, they're starting to progress. They've got difficult game on Sunday, away at St Johnston. We'll see how we'll go with that. But they just can't keep taking one step forward, two back. They've got to go and press on us.
1: All right, Steve, you've done your time. You can mention referees here on and On you go. Thanks very much.
13: <laughs> uh, I'm a bit, uh, kind of, cheeky, a bit kind of, hypocritical for a Rangers fan to come on, on referees. When at the time, you know, everybody knew, everybody knew and their dog knew, in four games... Rangers uh, players should have been sent off for for kind of horrendous tackles but they haven't dealt with any time they you haven't know, dealt with them respectively so in those four games they should have been doing to 10 men at critical points in the game
1: what are the four because obviously Morelos has got two retrospective bands roof with another what's the fourth uh,
13: what was the fourth one I'll get I'll get back to that one I think it's for work there's four definitely four games New mm. United game the Hubs game uh, the game against uh, Hamilton and obviously the St Johnson game as well as the game sometimes the St Johnson game
1: as a, as a penalty well St Johnson's Kamal Roof but w- at Hamilton I don't remember don't remember what you mean by that anyway 3-3 three, three, a 3 from my knowledge you say 4 but uh, carry on with the more general point um,
13: straight. when Celtic come back from Dubai, they've the they think games they drew killed them i have killed the league mm-hmm. but if, if we'll just talk if they if the games you're talking about there are in ok they'll have access four, and everything they make big differences in your league title so you know things like that but the point I making is the reason were in disadvantaged at the time they were after the game but they weren't disadvantaged mm-hmm. at the time now another point I'd like to make is you, you talked to me in the Liverpool little game Devante Cole um, had a wee tackle we naughty tackle after the event on Sorrell mm-hmm. now it wasn't it wasn't like a Beckham kick a wee flick against in the and like mm-hmm. Argentina it was an actual two hand in the deck donkey kick to the
1: chest. Now, how is that boy away with it? I don't know. Because the, the referee, in that case Nick Walsh, said that he he saw it all, and his assistant, I think, they they saw it all, they saw the incident in its entirety, and therefore the, the retrospective punishment cannot kick in. There is no further stage in the process if the referee is content that saw it all. So it's a mistake on the day. Yeah,
13: okay, I can understand that. At that point, the compliance officer from say, Selig, hold on a minute. That's,
1: that is... That's that's that is all no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> well I should. <laughs> but but then that then that becomes really difficult, Steve, because everybody keeps telling us that we shouldn't be re refereeing games. Not only do you want to re-referee the game, you want to do it in a way that isn't even possible in the, the procedures and in our compliance system, the protocols that we've got. My main point is this. Players in the
13: league not just self, can go out with a confidence that they can go out and Basically, make tackles that are a bit suspicious, knowing that there's a 50 chance they're going to get away with it and they'll get arrested the retrospective. You look at the one, uh, who was it, in Welsh last night, that was over the ball. It was after the event. It was over the ball, the ball was away and on his ankle. Now that that, that, that boy came out for a couple of weeks, just as he's, just as he's mm. thrown
1: up the defence. So, you think, think Obika should have been off last night?
13: I, it was over the ball It was out of control
1: when I saw that last night I thought that boy's off I think he got you a yellow card didn't he get a yellow card yeah he did Mark Wilson <laughs> and you thought
2: that that uh, uh, was, I I mean, was right uh, yeah I, I, Steve I thought I was a yellow card now uh, as was Cal McGregor's and well, Scott well, Brown think, but yeah. what's, what stage do we get to in football that you can't tackle or, or make uh, make a genuine attempt to play for the ball listen I these things happen in football I honestly see when I seen that tackle last night happened to me in my very first week of pre-season training in Dundee United with one of my teammates in training passed the ball he came in late caught my ankle I rolled the ankle and I was out for weeks It happens it's a contact sport not every
1: tackle that makes contact with somebody's leg mm-hmm. is a red card and the thing that we'll just never ever get We'll, we'll never be able to reach any sort of conclusion, Gordon has been fans, because that's fine, they've got their own allegiances, come on and, and sort of collect decisions that have gone against them mm-hmm. or gone against their rivals. And Steve, I mean, obviously he's right, because that's just a fact. On the day of Roof and the Morelos twice, mm-hmm. of course Rangers be- benefited or got away with it, whatever phrase you want, on the day, because they weren't dealt with in, in retrospective. But, but Steve's a Celtic fan, and I'm sure he will remember that the the was it the, the goal at Livingston was offside most people don't think a Yeti's penalty should have stood a lot of people don't think Taylor's penalty should have stood teams just get things for them and against them you mentioned it Motherwell kicking the face Nathan Mm McGinley absolutely nothing Graham Alexander when he first came in feels that um, the penalty against St Mirren was ridiculous he thought he was denied a ridiculous one at Petaudry with the handball from Ojo
3: every team can do this every single team can do it if they want yeah, what, what what I think Steve's trying to make a case for is, uh, you know, if the decisions have gone against Rangers, maybe the title would have been a bit closer or whatever. You know, no, that, r- that's my point. Yeah, that yeah. that ignores the fact that Celtic's go at Livingston is also. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but Rangers fans can come on. As you say, you get Motherwell, you've got St. Mirren that can complete You've got everyone. The fact is. You know, you're getting decisions on the day. Whether they agree or disagree, that's up to yourself. It's all about opinions. But the fact is that Rangers have been the better side and deserve to go on and be the champion. They will go on and be the champions. And we will keep talking about this until the end of the season. We'll keep bringing up referees, Gordon. It's just, it's, it's been a very, very hard year for everyone. And when you go and just analyse, and Mark's right, there's tackles in the game. Not every tackle's a red card. It's as simple as that. I think that we made decisions tonight and saying, well, uh, we thought McGregor brown, yellow. I thought Abika was a yellow as well. Unfortunately, Welsh, as Mark says, you can get contact and then roll your ankle. And unfortunately for the boy, we hope he's, he's back very quickly. Stretchered off, it makes it look a lot worse. But we just can't look and. In- Decide well. That is the reason why you know Rangers are top of the league. This is why Celtic's saying this is why. Because it happens to every single club. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you, Stephen Renfrew. Very quickly, throw another name at me. on the teaser. What about Stefan
1: Klaus? Uh No, I don't think he get any caps. I think that rules him out. Do not? Oh. Uh, what about um, you? Murray Lecky? Threw that one in, but he's got another good one for you. Like Nicky through. through the glass. Okay, there. And so United. Uh, Dusan Pernis Brilliant Dusan yes. Pernis six 2010 yeah, yeah. For Slovakia uh, Right Massive story In Scottish football Today uh, Quite frankly Much more important Than anything That people Have been arguing about So far uh, Scottish football clubs Have been urged to apologise To survivors Of historic child sex abuse An independent report Studying allegations Against officials Coaches Referees and Scouts dating all the way back to the 70s was published today. Uh, It concluded in the vast majority of claims no one in Scottish football knew for sure about the abuse at the time, but it said suspicions in some cases could have been investigated. This is a massive story. It's a big deal. It's extremely serious. I don't think you need me to tell you that, but we're joined at the moment live in the show by our sports reporter, uh, Andrew McLean. Andrew, can you hear us all right? I can indeed. Andrew, you can. You've been all across this story. Anyone who listens to Clyde One through the day will know it's been top of the news bulletins every hour, lots of stuff online. (laughs) Kick us off by giving us an overview of what's included in that report.
11: Yeah, well it's a very long report and a long awaited report as well with the SFA publishing this independent review into historic child abuse I heard their personal accounts of 33 people stretching back to the 1970s and while it's far from an easy read, it's a very significant document. You know, you need to pay tribute, first of all, to the survivors who came forward and told their stories to what will hopefully be to the benefit of everyone in Scottish football going forward. The report makes a number of recommendations based off of those accounts. I think it's almost 100 recommendations of what clubs, organisations, individuals should be doing to help learn from the past and make sure nothing like this happens again. The first and probably the most significant of those is asking Scottish football clubs to issue an unequivocal public apology to those that have been affected by historical child sex abuse. They're also looking for cultural changes in our game as well. They want to address systematic and structural issues uh, like how homophobic attitudes have maybe silenced those in the past that have been abused. The SFA say that 80% of these recommendations
1: have already been met and are now striving to keep building on that. What Clubs are mentioned then within the report. You, you know, you say the main recommendation is, is offering that apology first and foremost. So, what, what clubs are referenced?
11: Yeah, a host of clubs are, are mentioned. You know, senior football clubs in our country named in this report, named in the testimonies, the likes of Celtic, Rangers, Hibbs, Motherwell, Partick Thistle, to name a few. Partick Thistle were actually the first club to come out today. They wanted to apologise sincerely to anyone personally affected by historic abuse within our game. Hibbs also issued a statement today saying they deeply regret what happened and praise the courage of the survivors in coming forward. There's been plenty of response from elsewhere as well. I spoke to SFA Chief Exec Ian Maxwell earlier, he's hopeful clubs will step forward and do the right thing.
14: Clubs will be reading the report, clubs will be as horrified as anybody else reading what is a very, very difficult report to read. As you've said, the, the narrative from the survivors is, is harrowing and it's appalling to think that any individuals have been subjected to that and I'm sure clubs will do the right thing uh, going forward. And
11: I think earlier you described it as, as either a landmark moment or a significant moment This this coming out today. How do you see or how do you hope to see the, the landscape of Scottish football changing as a result of this report today?
14: I think if I could have one thing that comes out of this report, I would ask everybody involved in Scottish football to read it and understand it, because I think it's really, really difficult. It's a harrowing read from, at a human level, you know, as a as a parent of kids who have been involved in not only football, but other sports, it's really difficult to comprehend that those type of instances happen throughout sport or throughout any sort of sector. I think if I had one wish to come from the report, it would be that there is a real understanding of the dangers um, and everybody understands the part that they've got to play in eradicating this because it's not something that the Scottish FA can do on its own. It, it takes everybody involved in football to make sure that we stamp this out.
1: So that's Scottish FA Chief Executive Ian Maxwell, um, Andrew. There's clearly lots of, lots of aspects to this Um most importantly, obviously, is the survivors. That goes without saying. Who else is is saying what? What What's the reaction been like?
11: A survivor earlier on, Peter Haynes, as well. He's welcoming the report. He says he was abused by an SFA referee as a teenager. He was one of the courageous people that came forward to help with this review. And despite now having a positive overlook now as a result of today's review, he's been left frustrated by just how long this process has taken.
6: Martin intention um, when I started this process was just to inform the SFA and the police and everybody w- what was actually going on. Um, but
11: it's taken me 25 years to get to today. How does that make you feel, That how long this journey has been for you? I think it's shocking. I think
6: it's shocking to be turned away so many times after informing so many people. Um, I've also had to live with the fact that despite Despite all the things that I did, the, the person that abused me um, went on to abuse other, other children um, after I informed the SFA and the police, um, and he continued to do that until he died.
1: Incredible bravery, um, first and foremost, Andrew. You mentioned Partick Thistle have already apologised very quickly this afternoon. Still nothing, el- nothing else, no other apologies from the other clubs mentioned so far?
11: Apologies, but you know, it remains to be seen what impact this review will have on the the future of Scottish football. The SFA certainly feel the recommendations that have been put in place is them taking the the steps in all the right directions. You know, they can't do it themselves. They need the help of everyone involved in Scottish football to make sure these horrific incidents are a thing of the past. But I'm sure we'll all have a a watchful eye on what clubs have to say in the coming days in response to this as well.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say what what is next then? How where do you even begin to try and, and right some of those horrendous wrongs maybe I don't think you, you ever can properly but what, what's next
11: yeah well you know speaking to Peter Haynes who you know tried to put things into perspective he was saying you know for him it's not about compensation he wants people to take responsibility you know he wants those apologies he wants people to you know front up and, and say that what they did was wrong and you know those are really the first steps that they can take to try and Right those wrongs, if that's even possible, of the past, but to make sure that you know these mistakes never happen again.
1: And then I suppose for other people they would perhaps say that that sorry's not enough, and that there has to be compensation or something else uh, along those lines. Thank you to Andrew McLean. Obviously a hugely significant and serious story that Andrew's been all across. Like I say, it's been all over our, our news bulletins today. And if you want to read more, I'm sure uh, there is more on the, the news pages of our website. Mark Wilson, I mean, listening to the bravery of. Some of the clips and uh, reading some of it today, it's not easy, but it's important.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, you know, looking at it through the eyes of a father, two boys, nine and thirteen, uh, and thinking uh, some of these survivors were that age where abuse was was coming on their doorstep, it makes me sick to my stomach thinking about that. Also, you know, as a player going through the system and the belief and trust I had in managers, coaches, physios, referees at that time. Was huge, and you you looked up to these people, and to think there was other players going through a different lifestyle from me, where where horrendous things happened to them, is hard to think about. And look, no matter what club you support, Gordon, we've all got to hope that the clubs come out and apologise. Whoever was involved in this, um, and apologise for the horrendous events that took place.
1: All right, we'll park that for the meantime. Thank you to Andrew McLean for joining us and trying to, to give us all the details. We'll be back taking more of your calls next.
0: Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
1: Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL and Mark Wilson are here. We've got the teaser that's up and running. Full-time teaser, Can You Name... The eight goalkeepers since 2000 who've won Scottish Domestic Cup finals by keeping a clean sheet. They have fewer than 20 caps for their national team. So they have been capped, but fewer than 20 times. Uh, Murray Lecky has got a good one that you're waiting for. Kevin Heron, I think, has got two of the ones that you're looking for. Yep, he's got two of the ones you're still looking for. Um some interesting shouts coming in what did you get during the break give you a bit of thinking time I mean I can't tell you how hard it is conversing with Gordon
2: Dale through a couple of panes of glass where he's trying to act out what the name is (laughs) Daz do you want to
3: give the name that you got well when I'm stuck I always go for people that's been on the show and a goalkeeper (laughs) I remember Cammie Bell Yes, well done, and I must say, watching
1: you trying to mime Bell to Mark Wilson was extremely concerning, uh, and I hope I never have to see that again, I must admit. Yeah. Cammy Bell is indeed one of them uh, for yeah. Kilmarnock against Celtic. Were you involved that day, Mark? I, uh, I was in the stands, so it was nothing to do with me, so I was sitting back laughing. Well, <laughs> two ways of looking at it, <laughs> I was back laughing. How poor is this? It's either nothing to do with you or you were that rubbish. I was that rubbish. You. No, you no
2: yeah, they're, they're uh, are. I was that okay. rubbish. Listen, another one, can I give you, well, it's between two, right? A game well, I was not involved in. A game and my team was in the cup final. Dundee United against St. Johnson.
1: Okay. Now, Xander Clark or Alan Manus? Which one? Manus. I'm going with Manus. Manus. Alan Manus. Yes. yes. Uh, well done. Which means you've got two to get. So we'll leave it there. You've got Fraser Forster Neil Alexander, Scott Bain, Cammy Bell, Alan Manus, Dusan Pernas two to get alright uh, we'll see how we get on Right. what about the other big game last night uh, Kilmarnock Nil. Motherwell 1 what did you make of it let's hear from both managers it was a first match in charge of Kilmarnock for Tommy Wright There obviously didn't go his way but here's what he had to say at full time
10: started really well Had you know, he's unlucky it, it takes a deflection off um, Motherwell defender's shoulder when he, he looks he could, where he's going to score from that header but we may have had a penalty on, on Burke and um, but ultimately we've, we've we've just been caught as so often happens when you're in a run we're in that um, with a quick throw and we sort of lost our shape a wee bit because at no stage of the game did Mullerwell cause us a problem from open play but they've won the game and, and, and Graham will be the more happier manager than me because you know his side of you know defend it well the two centre halves probably won every ball that we put in in their box tonight. I mean, certainly, I'm encouraged. I've been encouraged since I've come in with the quality that's in the squad, and um, you know, we'll work with them. We know the areas that we've got to um, improve on, I and mean, we just got to persevere and work hard at
1: them. one point above Ross County in 11th. and four points above Hamilton Ackies who are bottom but the Ackies have two games in hand did you see enough in Tommy Wright's first game Gordon to suggest that they will be okay
3: yes and no I thought okay. uh, I thought from the back midfield uh, I thought they were a lot better they had a better shape uh, better patterns of play but I thought Burke in the wide area was excellent Unfortunately, I don't think they can score goals gone I, I, I looked at Cabamba And they brought Oakley on last night Tried to go with a two up top They were a better team, I've got to say But it was a terrific result for Motherwell And a terrific goal from Alan Campbell But I just don't know where the goals are going to come from They need goals to get them out of this situation they're in And I do not see these guys putting the ball in the back of the net
1: so was that a yes or a no that they'll be okay? I I
3: think, I, I, if I was a Command Look supporter, I'd be really worried, let me say that. I'll say they'll get out of it.
2: Yeah. I I believe that the new manager bounce does happen. Now I know it didn't happen instantly, but I think Tommy Wright, who knows the league, it's a good appointment. Um
3: also they go they go to Ibrooks and on Saturday unless there's a real shock there, they're not going to get anything. So all of a sudden the new bounce manager's come in, he's lost two. Um uh, I, as, as I say, I, I think obviously it looked a lot better. They deserve something out the game, I've got to to be honest, but if I'm Tommy Wright, I'm looking thinking, how many balls did we put in the box last night? And you need someone that's going to get you the three points and score goals. They don't have that.
1: And Mark, any level of football, you need someone to do that. I suppose though, if you're not doing that at one end, you need to become harder to beat, because they've obviously not done either, and that's why they find themselves yeah. at the bottom, at, at the very least then will Tommy Wright make them harder to beat and will, might that be enough because there might not be a natural goal scorer but if you're hard to beat someone might nick you a
2: goal and yeah. you know So it's what he it excelled at so, for so many years at St Johnson um, you know and I came up against that several times his teams were stuffy you know sometimes not pretty on the eye but you know effective at work and I think that's the Kilmarnock board would have looked at that and he's CV and thought that's where we need to start of course you need to start at the back but Kamarnock have had a host of problems at the back with people being injured and suspended and out and what he really needs is a full squad of players to choose from I think they will survive and be okay 3 points though for Graham Alexander A brilliant 3 points for us without a shadow of a doubt Um
11: so happy to um, get the three points, get a clean sheet for the first time in a, in a while. Um, you know, to to follow up. You know, obviously from Saturday, obviously disappointed to to lose a game against Celtic, but the the players have shown great character to come back and win again. And uh, it was a grind. It was grind at times. It was a tough game. I thought both teams really competed um, at all the basics that you need, and uh, we were just striving to try and find the the bit of quality in front of goal to win the game. And uh,
1: and Alan Campbell found it. That must be the I don't know the the third, fourth, fifth manager or whatever that has arrived at Fir Park and. referenced Alan Campbell as being the first one in and the last one out everybody says it it's obviously no accident everybody who's been a member of staff at Firth Park talks about it says he's the first guy in the gym he's the last one to leave at night exemplary all the rest of it he was the subject of bids during the
3: the window and has stayed big goal last night yeah and by the way a very very good goal um, he's going on to bigger and better things Gordon and the reason being as you've just mentioned the boy's dedicated to the game. He gives you everything he's got on the pitch. Uh, he's a manager's dream you have. You know, you know you can depend on him. You know what he's going to give you. And uh, his goal last night was absolutely fantastic. That was a great three points for Motherwell. Because, as I said earlier, and I looked, I watched the game, I thought Command did deserve something. But when you're in a dogfight and you get away from home and you get that goal... Then here's the difference between Kilmarnock and Motherwell. Kilmarnock threw everything from especially Butts, uh, the wide area on the right hand side, he was great, played everything in. Motherwell's defence was brilliant. No, that was and Lammy. Yeah, Mugabe and Lamy Gallagher remember and Lamy and you know Donald and um Carol, the the back four they just defended the box and said put it in here we'll go and win it and that's yeah. what picked up the three
1: points for Motherwell yeah what a fascinating part of the league that is Motherwell if you're optimistic you would say oh well we're only we're only five points off the top six or we're only three points off seventh and we've got a game in hand but of course Kumarmak, um tucked in four points behind as well it can all change very quickly right a couple left in this teaser what you got
3: mm, come on I
1: mean, Mark I, I, I was thinking
2: the Inverness and things like that but Ryan Essen? no no what, what
3: teams both for the same team oh I've got them Ross County no no but Celtic they've been more Scottish Cup finals Go oh, then does well you're an ex-Celtic man like you, you tell, said you've got them you tell everybody how good you were and you every time you, you tell a story you're sitting in the stand Murray Lecky's <laughs> Murray Leckie's been giving this a right really good go and he's he's got one of them that you're looking for it. as I mentioned Kevin Heron's got both <sighs> uh, did you 2000 right okay so Gord Marshall's not there eh uh, Gordon Marshall, did you say? I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking, Rab Douglas? Yes, well done.
1: He got less than 20
2: caps. 19. Did he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was
3: going, I was thinking, but i do not. I've got to I have no idea. I'm, I couldn't even get it. in No. Who? Yeah. You think he was capped for Spain? Mm,
1: <laughs> seems unlikely, likely <laughs> <isn't it? laughs>
2: <laughs> not. Um, Headman? No. Magnus Headman?
1: No. Come on. Clue, clue, initial... Same, similar era, 2001 League Cup final. Oh, I don't
3: know, I played against well, Celtic. Earlier,
1: of course, not the same era, but... Oh, I was a manager against Who was the Celtic keeper
3: 2001? Uh, if I knew oh, that, I'd tell oh, you. Oh, I know who it is, because I was in, in the thing. Eh... Uh, uh, Jonathan Gould. Jonathan Gould, well done, Gould.
1: Is that the same guy? Callum, what you like? Thank you, Mark and Gordon. Thanks to you for listening tonight. We're back tomorrow, Friday nights. Clyde One Super Scoreboard at six. Callum Gallagher is up next.
0: Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors for an unpredictable world. Talk to Thompson's.com.